Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I'm very, very thankful that you have taken out some time from your busy day, your busy schedule to spend with me. And we are recording episode 11 of season three of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. And again, I'm just very thankful that you are listening today. Thankful that God has given me this opportunity, this platform uh, to spread his word and to hopefully provide encouragement to all of you who may be going through storms in your life right now. I do want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check out the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, Check us out on our website, scatteredabroad.org. Email us if you have any questions or comments or thoughts at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can go and like us on Facebook. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. And certainly we want to encourage you to listen to the content that we have. Uh, It comes out daily. And so every day of the week, you can uh, go through and find a a podcast and uh, look through those, see if there's something that might pique your interest, uh, something that may help you spiritually. And that is certainly our goal. Uh, We are scattered abroad throughout this world, but we are united in that we are wanting to present the truth in a loving way to the glory of God. So again, thank you so much for listening and being with me throughout this season. If you've been listening to the previous 10 episodes, then you know that this season is a unique one because I am walking through what has taken place in my life, a storm that I have faced in losing my father. My father passed away on October the 28th, 2021. And so this season is dedicated to him, but it's also a therapy session for me to speak freely about kind of what I've been going through. And I really hope and pray that this can help someone who's struggling as well. Maybe someone who's lost a parent. Maybe someone who's lost a child. Maybe someone who's struggling with depression. Maybe someone who's thought about taking their own life. I do hope and pray that this can not only be helpful for you, but that possibly help someone else in your life. And it may be that this can prevent someone from creating a damaging thing for their family down the road. And again, I'm just very grateful that God has given me this opportunity, and thank you for listening. Today we want to begin a series, a five-part series, on the grief cycle. And so I'm entitling this episode, Weathering the Storm, When You Grieve, Part 1. And so if you'll follow with me these next uh, several weeks, we're going to look at the five cycles of grief. And I do hope that we can walk through this. Uh, from a, I guess, a medical perspective, as I'm, I'm doing some research on uh, some, some of the medical things that go with that from a, a, you know, a mental aspect, but certainly what I always point it back to the spiritual, always point it back to the Word of God. And hopefully I can offer some encourage, uh, encouragement to you that can help you if you are going through the grieving process, or it may be the case that you've never really had to go through that before. And maybe this is something you can refer back to if a tragedy does indeed strike your family, your life as it has mine. So I want to think about grief, and it's important to define terms. What is grief? Well, grief, number one, is a natural response. It's a natural response to death, to loss, uh, to any kind of tragedy. It is a process that you go through, and it's natural. Now, let me say this. 
Everyone grieves differently. No, nobody grieves the same. You know, some people might keep their emotions to themselves. Others may not be able to contain it. Uh, some people can wear their emotions on their sleeves, and some people, you never know anything's wrong. Uh, everybody grieves differently, but it is natural. It is a process that actually provides an opportunity to mourn in an appropriate way. And again, there, there's no there's no set standard way to grieve. Uh, you go through it your own way, and I'm just hoping to speak by my experience, again, hopefully it can help you. Uh, but certainly, it's a natural thing. So when you're going through it, you may just have all kinds of questions, but understand, this is normal. This is natural. And this can be healthy. This can be a good thing for me to move forward, to move on, and to make the most out of my life when something bad happens and, and affects you either directly or indirectly. This process can be helpful when you acknowledge that you are grieving. And I, I kind of want to kick off this series by looking at the first part of this grieving cycle, and that is denial. Denial basically means that you know the facts, you know what's taking place, but you choose not to accept it. You choose not to believe it. When I walked in and saw my dad laying there, I thought that he was sleeping. But I knew that something was different about the way he was laying. His mouth was open. His eyes were barely open. And I kept calling out his name over and over again. And I didn't get an answer. And so when I went close up to him, I grabbed a hold of his wrist to see if I could feel a pulse. Um, I called 911. And I was so calm on the phone. And I just remember walking through what was going on, what was taking place, continuing to try to talk to him. But now I look back and I realize he was already gone. And he was dead before I ever walked in the room because he had taken his own life. I can remember the, the smell of uh, the blood and the gunpowder together. Very unique, very distinct smell. And once I saw his heart and the blood and I saw the gun, I knew what had happened. I knew the facts. I knew that at some point between that night when he went to sleep and the moment when I walked in that door, that he took that gun and he shot himself. And even though it was all right there, and I was able to tell the 911 operator where it happened, even though I knew that, there was still a moment of, this can't be real. And to this day, some aspects of this doesn't seem real. But then as people started flooding into the house, family members, the police officers, the coroner, and as they took my father out of the house, things started to sink in a little bit. You know, we went and we talked to the funeral home. We went and looked at caskets and went over to uh, the cemetery to see where the spot would be. And I really, to be honest with you, I tried to let everything sink in. I mean, I, I warned it to. 
I wanted it to sink in so I could know how to feel in that moment. But for some reason, for whatever reason, it just kept feeling like a dream. Like this is just something out of a movie. Can't be real. You know, other people go through this and I've seen it on movies, but there's no way this is really happening. And when I called my brother and told him what happened, I think at that moment it started to, to sink in a little bit more. And realizing what had really happened and how tragic it was and just how sad the whole situation is. I, I think it just it, it hit me in a different way. It kind of hit me in waves. At some moments it would hit me and I would be very sad. In other moments it would act like nothing really happened. But again, I can't explain that because it's part of the grieving process. And again, this is part one in the cycle, this denial. But it may not be just denying what had taken place, but it could be the denying of your feelings, the denying of the finality of everything. And for me, when I was able to see him the day of his funeral, my wife and I, they gave us an opportunity to walk in there and to see him in the casket. We picked out the suit that he wore and the shirt and just being able to stand there and look down and, and see my father, to me, allowed me to move on from the denial stage in some degree. Now, there was still denial even even after seeing him. And I remember touching his hand and putting my hand on his chest and, and realizing he's not there anymore. This is just a shell of who he was. And when we die, that's how the Bible describes it. Our soul returns to God who gave it, but our bodies return to the dust. That's what we find in the book of Ecclesiastes. So I knew that that wasn't him. That was just the shell. That was just his body. The, the tabernacle, the Bible speaks of that, Second Corinthians chapter 5. And so I'm trying my best at this, at this moment, as I'm standing there looking over him, to allow it to sink in. People started coming in uh, for the visitation. And when I saw people coming in, that people he worked with, family members, started to sink in a little bit more. But if you're listening to this and you've had to bury a loved one, you know what I'm about to say is very real. They allowed us to have a few minutes before they closed the casket. And I stood there with my wife, my nephew, and we just stood there. And then as we walked away, the ones doing the funeral they closed the casket, and I will never, ever forget the sound of that casket closing because it was at that moment when I accepted it. He's gone. He's not coming back. We proceeded from there to the cemetery, and my uncle spoke first. I told him, I said, if you can speak first, I think I'll be okay. And then I spoke after that. And I'll admit this to you, I don't really know how I got through it. 
other than the fact that I went to God in prayer before I got out of the car. And I prayed that God would give me strength, give me clarity of mind, and help me to do my best to honor uh, my dad and to speak in such a way that would help those who are listening. Because I I knew that nothing that I could have said would have impacted him either way. But hopefully something that was said could have helped someone who was there. To talk about the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God, uh, fearing God and keeping his commandments, Ecclesiastes 12.13, of realizing that all these things that we hold so dear to us in this life really at the end don't matter. And that our treasure and our heart needs to be in heaven, not on the earth. And so as the day went on, you know, I went to the to fellowship hall there at the, the church building and uh, we had a, a great meal. I had some friends that were there, who preaching friends that had traveled and we had some conversation. And I'm just going through this whole day thinking, is this real? Can this really be happening right now? And now as I go through this this process of denial, this this numbness, this shock, I realize that that's a natural part of grieving. That's what I was doing. I was in a state of denial. One writer says that numbness and denial, these are normal reactions to death and should never be confused with not caring. I thought that was really good. You know, you may be going through this this period of time as you grieve the loss of a loved one, and, and you're in this stage of denial. It's not saying that you don't care. It's not suggesting that you don't care what's happening. It's just your body's way of reacting to this. It's the way that your mind is processing this. It's not that you don't care. It may be the case that this denial, this first stage, is actually helping to protect us from experiencing the full blow of what has happened, Uh, the the full intensity of the loss that has taken place. This is a part of, of, of denial. But now that I go back, I think about the denial, and I realize that I needed that adrenaline. I needed that numbness to get through some of those difficult things like taking action at the funeral home, notifying relatives and loved ones, uh, reviewing important paperwork that we're still doing. But see, that was an experience that that nobody could prepare me for. I didn't know I was going to be doing that. That same week, I was preaching a gospel meeting. I was preaching Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I was preparing to, to get packed and to get ready to go back home and Come on back to school. Instead, the day after the gospel meeting is when my father died. And everything changed after that moment. Because now, what are we going to do about a funeral? What are we going to do about the house? What are we going to do about this and this and this? So all of those things happen at once. And it's a whirlwind. It's a lot. But that's when you enter into this first stage, I did anyway, of denial. But once you slowly acknowledge what has taken place, that initial denial, that initial shock fades away. And things start to sink in. And for me, when the denial kind of went away and I accepted it and I acknowledged it, that's when I just became overwhelmed with sadness. 
And I want to say this to you who are listening. It is okay to cry. In fact, it's a good thing to get that out of your system. You know, we read that in John chapter 11. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept. And we talk about, hey, that's the shortest book, shortest verse in the Bible, and, and we try to maybe make light of that sometimes. Hey, quote a verse, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. But if we slow down and think of the impact of that, Jesus was teaching us something. It's okay to weep. It's okay to grieve. And so when we go through that denial, and that denial starts to fade away, and that sadness creeps in because you recognize what's really happened. At that point, allow yourself to feel that sadness and express it. Don't try to bottle it up because that's not healthy. It can feel like a storm. And the events that I've shared with you, again, I said this in episode one, this was going to be a very raw and real season because I'm hoping I can help somebody that goes through something similar. But this is all natural, and it's part of the grieving process. And so when you weather the storm of grief, and when you find yourself in the first part of this cycle, and that is denial, remember some of the things that we've discussed. Understand that it's natural. Embrace the fact this is a process. And allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to express that grief. But also understand this as we bring our thoughts to a close. God is there for us through all of it. God hears our prayers, 1 Peter 3.12. He hears our cries. He sees our tears. And we can take comfort in the fact that God is the God of all comfort and that He comforts us in all of our tribulations, 2 Corinthians 1.3. And so as we move through this series, this small series, let's remember the grieving process is normal, it's natural. And as we walk through this, let's remember that God is with us all the way and that we will get through it. We can weather the storm because God is with us. Next week, Lord willing, we will dive into the second stage of grief, and that is bargaining. That is the what-if stage. And so I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue this, this series, this, this uh, series on the grief cycle. And I hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm when you grieve. Thank you so much for listening, and may God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.